following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, episode 717. I'm your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. Well, for those of you who follow us on social media, which is where we post updates about the show. Which should be everybody. Should be everybody. We have been in the process of moving. We're still in that process because, unfortunately, things sometimes don't go as planned. Uh, and the setup that, that you're hoping to have, Jesse, in the new studio involves bookcases. Yeah. And and UPS. Sure. Delivering <laughs> the bookcases. And these bookcases come in boxes. You got three of the bookcases, and they each have two boxes per bookcase. So there's one, 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 which has the same parts, That's and then right. they require a second box a, for each one. A two, two, two. Right. And the twos are missing. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> I didn't even want to talk about it because it pisses me off. Well, it's important for the audience to know because they're probably like, what the hell? It doesn't take this long to move. It doesn't take this long to get set up. And I'm kidding. I've been I'm on kidding. The phone. I know no one in the audience I've been on the phone way. with UPS no fewer than 10 times in the last... Three days. Yeah. And so it's it's been quite frustrating. Here's what happened. <laughs> so I'm I'm at the new place. Uh-huh. UPS pulls up. I excitedly walk out there <laughs> with my mask on, and he's delivering giant boxes. I'm like, oh yeah, bookshelves are here. I can finally get the new studio completely set up, up and running. Right. So it can be a turnkey operation. Yeah. He unloads three giant boxes. And he says to me, hey, listen, there's more. There's three others, but they're buried by other stuff on the truck. As soon as I get the truck truck offloaded a little bit, yeah. I'll come back and deliver these. I figure, <laughs> this is a guy who knows what's going on. He understands what his job is. He's not lying to me. I said, okay, that sounds great. And then he left. <laughs> Never to return again. Yeah. It's been quite upsetting for you, but we're hopeful that we're working toward a resolution. You do have some additional tracking numbers that have been given to you by UPS, so hopefully those are for boxes that are to be delivered soon. But in the meantime, we're kind of going between two places, which has been difficult and frustrating juggling all that. But like I said, we're moving closer to having this all sorted out, and once it's all sorted out... We'll be back on track, but we appreciate the the patience and also the well wishes. A lot of people reached out and said, hey, stay safe. Hope the move is going well. Moving is hell. I, I think that everyone who has moved understands this. It's been quite difficult. I've been getting so many steps. It's been so nice. And then we hired people to move the heavy stuff <laughs> and they dropped our goddamn coffee. Let me tell you something. I've been a mess. I have been a mess. 
Yeah. It's not great. Well, I was trying to say that we're working toward a resolution. I'm getting on my steps, trying to be positive. And then you're you're like, and they broke everything. You're you're like optimistic Jesse right now. I know. Well, I'm trying to assist because I know it's been really defeating for you not, not being up and running yet. And well, especially in this particular news cycle. Right. When there's a million things going on that we could be addressing Mm -hmm. and we are precluded more or less precluded from doing so in the manner we want to Mm -hmm. because of all the bullshit going on. Yeah. But like I said, we're hopeful that we will (laughs) see a resolution here soon. And we appreciate you all hanging in there with us. We do. I do. You know, it's the final hours of Donald Trump's presidency. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but it's a pretty exciting time. But something important we need to talk about is... The fact that the Trumps aren't staying to show the Biden family around. And that's just a tremendous snub that well, we, is really important that we talk about. If you listen to CNN, <laughs> it's almost like it's out of the... What? <laughs> what do you mean Donald Trump's not going to stick around? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean he's not going to attend the inauguration? What do you mean he's not, Melania's not going to give uh, Jill Biden, who's never been in the White House before, I know. <laughs> a tour? What are they going to do without the the Trumps showing them around? It's just this fucking weird pearl clutching. It's very... People are talking about it on CNN, like you said. Like, it is very important for history that people discuss this, that they discuss the snub in particular. Yeah. That it is historically important. And... I guess I'm just wondering, in the scheme of everything that has gone on during the Trump administration, is it really all that important that he's not staying to show the Bidens around? I mean, that's what I wanted to happen. I'm so relieved that they're not sticking around, that we don't have to act like things are normal. What would be more of a slap in the face is for them to stay around and give them a tour. Yeah, Donald Trump attend the inauguration with his classic arms folded pouty face the whole time. I mean, yeah. one, it's not surprising. No. It's absolutely expected. Yeah. And two, it's a better situation for the country. Yes. If they don't. Absolutely. So calm down, CNN. Well, they did say on CNN that... It's we- almost like... CNN got snubbed by UPS this weekend and just acting like idiots. (laughs) Well, one thing they did say that was funny is that uh, a big change that's coming to the Biden White House is that Joe and Jill are going to be sleeping in the same bedroom. (laughs) I thought you were going to say they're going to have a dog, which... Also unimportant. Well, that's another change as yeah. well. Uh, but but th- very funny. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Because Melania and Donald sleep in separate bedrooms. Shocking. Yeah. She so. she has an aversion to cheeseburger grease all over the sheets. I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows what went into the decision? Either way, I have a, fe- I have a feeling. Have a feeling we're going to need this. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I thought that you were going to play the Who Gives You Fuck About the Christmas? Who Gives a f About the Christmas? I, have I that walk one around too. saying that <laughs> randomly throughout the day. I wish I could find a copy that's not bleeped. Yeah. Who Gives a Fuck About the Christmas? I got in the car today. And said it when I got in the car. <laughs> I, I don't even know. It's it's January. I don't know why I'm saying it. 
I love it. And listen, we've had four years. Well, we've had longer than four years of Republican hypocrisy. But this is just one of those moments when, you know, every year a Starbucks re- releases its new Christmas cup, its holiday cup. Right. And every year Christians freak out because it doesn't isn't emblazoned with like Jesus's face or or a crucifix on it or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's. Silence. It's crickets from that crowd with Melania on tape saying, who gives the fuck about the Christmas? Yeah, I was she released a video statement, I guess, which is her like farewell to the country. That seems normal. Well, since she's not doing the traditional thing, the they're calling it the snub since since the snub is occurring. Ugh. She has to release her her video statement and she just reflected on I didn't watch the whole thing. I I couldn't. But she reflected on her experience as his first lady, everything that she has encountered. Here's a clip from it. Who gives a f- about the Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> She, as far as I can tell, she didn't discuss Christmas and the Christmas decorations, but she talked about kindness or something, just how violence is never the answer. I mean, I just, enough. We're we're done. It's the final hours. Yeah, yeah. Go move into Mar-a-Lago or New York. Donald's probably going to go to Mar-a-Lago and she'll go somewhere else, I'm assuming. There's controversy surrounding that, too. About him moving to Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, because he signed signed a deal saying this isn't going to be your residence. This is a a hoity-toity club for douchebags. Is that what the document said? Oh, it's yeah, contractual. That it's only douchebaggery. You can't live here. Your douchebag friends and, and, and patrons can only pay to be here occasionally. I think I wouldn't sign something like that. Yeah, well, it's Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't mind. Mm. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. So we'll see how that ends up. I don't know. Good times. I can't believe it is soon to be over. And <laughs> hopefully Inauguration Day goes smoothly uh, after the insurrection and they're really stepping it up with the security. I, I think it's going to be, Jesse, like how after 9-11, all the additional security measures. And I'm thinking about our last trip to D.C. where... In about a year ago. Yeah. February last year. Yeah. Where the street in front of the White House was completely blocked up. Like, you used to be able to walk up to the gate of the White House. Mm-hmm. The, the, the tall wrought iron fence. But now you can't even do that. The entire street in front of the White House is blocked off. Yeah, and now, now today, it's even worse, because you know, I don't know if they took it down, but over the summer with with the protests that were happening around, in or around, or around the White House, mm-hmm. uh, they put up, like, a, a wall around yeah. the White House. So it's... Ever since Nixon, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse related to access to to get close to. But he, but even the fence, you're far, far away. Yeah. It just, D.C. is really turning into occupied territory. Well, I wonder if with the Capitol, it's going to be the same thing, where now they're going to put a fence around it. Because you could walk right up to the steps. I think you can even go up the steps. Yeah, yeah, you can. If you go in the building... You maybe need to tell someone why you're there or something. Well, there are staff entrances all around, but, you know, they've got the visitor center, the cavernous visitor center that you go underground into to get your tickets to walk around or get a tour or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to do something. There is going to be some changes, are going to be some changes, but um, it's still considered the people's house and they work really hard to keep it that way to make certain that. 
Why did you smirk? I'm smirking because that is what the insurrectionists said. This is the people's house. Yeah, well, that's a, it's a, it's it's um it's a turn of phrase. It doesn't literally mean we can. Like I've even <laughs> heard on tape them saying, "This is our house. We can break shit if we want to." Uh, that's not what really what it means, there, guy. You know what? That reminds me of a roommate one time who broke a dish of mine. And when I was like, what the hell? Why you're you broke that dish? Oh, I remember. And he said, yeah, you break them all the time. They're my dishes, dude. Number one, (laughs) I don't break them all the time. Sometimes glasses break, though. Okay, the dishwasher can be hateful. And number two, exactly. If I want to break all of my dishes, I'll break all of them. You can't break my dishes. Yeah. Anyway, that's what that reminded me of. Yeah, well, listen. Similar logic. They do want to keep it open to the public. I mean, it's one of the reasons why it is is televised. The the, the congressional record is open. Uh, Our founders didn't want things to be done in secret. They wanted it to be open. And in that spirit, for the last 200 plus years, they've really made efforts. And I didn't want to sound like a cheesy tour guide at the Capitol, but they have (laughs) they have uh, gone to great lengths to make certain that you can go there and witness your government in action. Now, there's going to have to be some things done in the in the wake of this. I hope they are as minimal as possible. Um, one is they're going to have to reinforce the, the the place to ensure that a marauding band of morons can't just break some windows and and, and climb in. I mean, there needs to be a, a stronger edifice. Yeah, there should have already been that. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't. But we should give an update, given what we talked about last time about Josiah Colt. Mm. And <laughs> I loved that some of the... Josiah Colt defenders and trolls found my post on oh, Facebook. Did they? Yeah, and they're like, "You're trying to ride his coattails." Who even talks about their high school boyfriend trying to ride his coattails of a terrorist? To what are you what? talking about? Where Where is that path leading you? Yeah, to jail. I don't know. You're trying to self promote off this. <laughs> wow. Anyway, he turned himself in on Tuesday, and then he was released shortly after with conditions. Of like not going near the Boise Capitol. Like a thousand feet from the Boise Capitol. He's got to wear ankle monitoring for his geolocation. Mm -hmm. And the biggest really in the news is who is representing him. Yeah. So his attorney is apparently Chuck Peterson, who's a big time attorney in Boise. And he represented Randy Weaver. White supremacist. Right. The white separatist that was involved in the Ruby Ridge standoff in northern Idaho in the, the 90s. Who I was raised to believe was some kind of a patriot. Never told he was a racist white supremacist. Yes, that happens. I was raised aware of him as well, but definitely knew yeah, well, that was about the white that separatism. was promoted to you. My Christian white nationalist parents, you know, they they don't believe that they're racists. Mm-hmm. They just say racist things and believe racist things. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, when they when they wanted to demure on that element of it, but he was a a mighty patriot standing up to the government who are trying to tread on him. Mm-hmm. Parents don't have southern accents, but it just comes natural when I. Talk about those things. Yeah. The Ruby Ridge uh, standoff was also covered briefly in Tara Westover's book, Educated. That's a great book. If you have not read it, I would highly recommend it. Very good. 
All right. Well, we have some voicemails we should get to. Um, before we get to them, I'd like to drop the phone number. If you would like to sound off, if you haven't ever called before, we would love to hear from you. Your contribution, this this platform, we hope it, uh, will serve to amplify your voices as well. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. This is Chris from Hellhole, Georgia. Um, I wanted to touch on a couple things. Uh, first, Jesse, I don't like your tone when you were making fun of newsboy hats. Um, they're quite fashionable. Thank you very much. And my preferred <laughs> headwear as well. Um, secondly, you had mentioned that this came up on the uh, previous episode and then again during this most recent episode about does Donald Trump believe he won the election? Um, 100% yes. I, I firmly believe that he, that he believed that because his narcissism is so entrenched, it's just so deep and so kind of, uh, uh, acute or catastrophic or just like pathological. There's no way he is able to not believe that he there's no way he's able to look into the mirror every day and say i am and not truly believe that he is not the best and did not win and somebody got more than him um he is absolutely justifying and rationalizing on his head that the only way it's possible was if he was quote unquote rigged or screwed out of, of, of votes this man has never ever had to deal a lot and many others like him had to deal with kind of consequences like this so i firmly believe he has uh he believes that what i struggle with are all the other degenerates that are around him that are not nearly as narcissistic they i don't think believe it but yet they they feel the need to kind of feed him and and kind of shine his his knob so to speak and and that thing um, secondly, or thirdly, just kind of curious to think what you guys really believe the aftermath of this will. Um, I, I know that he will, quote unquote, have articles of impeachment raised against him, but I do not see it getting a, a, a vote in the Senate or actually him being impeached, well, being voted to remove from office. So I, again, I think this is something that's going to go consequence free for him and the likes of Ted Cruz and all the other degenerates. Um, and then lastly, uh, Bernie Amber question for you and, and, and I hope this doesn't come across as a criticism but um, why do you stay connected with Trumpers on Facebook and what is the value of that right like I've eliminated that and I've created an echo chamber for myself for my own kind of psyche um, I don't have the capability and the coping skills to deal with that anger but I'm curious to see how somebody more rational and, and rooted in kind of a psychological therapeutic kind of mindset. Like, what do you see the benefit of? Um, because there, there may be benefit. I could be missing out and I could be hindering for it. So uh, curious to hear these topics on the call. Thanks. So l- let me first talk about the fact that newsboy hats are not fashionable. <laughs> I'm joking. There's actually probably dozens of pictures of me wearing one on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't wear them anymore. Because, you know, I'm, I've matured. I've grown out of that phase of, I don't know. Is it a phase? No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Um, About impeachment. Yeah, it's an uphill battle for sure. But I think everybody needs to keep in mind that it's not an impossibility. There is certainly still an appetite for some kind of retribution, even among some Republicans. 
The other thing to keep in mind is that these these people aren't clear thinking um, autonomous individuals. They're going to take their marching orders from Mitch McConnell, who is their minority leader, or he will be at the time of the trial. Um, right now, there's four members who I believe are very open, if not a guaranteed vote for impeachment. That would be Mitt Romney, of course, who voted the first time, uh, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, Pat Toomey, Ben Sass from Nebraska. These senators have indicated an openness. Now, Mitch McConnell is being reported that he's ready to vote to, that he's he's a yes. Now, those other lemmings, I mean, look, you're, you're Josh Hawley, who has machinations on the White House and 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 um, Ted Cruz, I couldn't even think of his name. <laughs> That's what a great moment in my life right there. Where I was had no memory of what Ted Cruz was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Cruz even, I mean, we don't expect that. But they need 17 votes. That's what we need. 17 Republicans out of the 50. Yeah. It's, it's not a great number. It's not a huge number, especially given all of the information now that we're seeing all of the new video, all of the new audio, all of the intelligence that's coming out relative to what took place that day. And I think a lot of people are warming to the idea. Well, typically when you talk about Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins is somehow like loosely connected in there, right? They yeah. vote in similar ways. And in true Susan Collins fashion, she has said that Trump's actions are appalling. Mm, so she's not concerned. They're appalling. But she won't say if she's... In favor uh, of impeachment. She so. is the w- and she just won re-election. So maybe that's something that plays in our favor. I also want to say, though, because you said Mitch McConnell, there's reporting that he is pleased about the impeachment. Mm-hmm. But that is motivated by helping the party survive Trump. Sure. He believes that it will be easier, according to the New York Times reporting, to purge him from the party if that were the case. Well, you'd be... You certainly would. I mean, especially if the the social media companies stick to what they're doing and keep him banned. It really is. It's going to to stifle his ability to communicate and rally these idiots around a cause. Yeah. Um, and, and also the after effect of an impeachment and removal would be a secondary vote that would preclude him from running for office ever again. That is what I think Mitch McConnell would be looking for. Because, listen... They've already gotten everything they they needed from Donald Trump. They've reshaped the judiciary. They've absolutely reshaped the Supreme Court. All kinds of federal regulations that aren't going to be as easy as just flipping a switch and going back to the way they were before under Donald Trump have been accomplished. So uh, they've gotten what they they need. Mm -hmm. And getting him out of there is going to save them the ultimate uh, demise. Yeah. Of the Republican Party. So Chris also had a question for me, which he said was hopefully not a criticism. And I what, took it as a criticism. I, How dare you, Chris? Was the question, why do you hate newsboy hats? <laughs> no, I didn't take it as a criticism. I appreciate the question. I don't know that I'm going to give you an answer that um, you will find useful at all um you you asked if if you're missing out on anything not being connected to trump supporters i don't know i mean that that's a very individual basis kind of question you're definitely missing out on fist clenching anger and frustration yeah so 
I used to have this kind of principled stance of I don't delete people on Facebook. That's not true. I blocked someone this month. I actually blocked a cousin that I've never met who lives in Kentucky. And oh, you did end up doing that. I did. Oh. Yeah. It just became too much. And and Jesse knows this. Every time I saw one of the posts, it would be a situation where I'm walking around the house yelling. And, and then I got to hear about it. So I'm very you, happy. You block, <laughs> so you unfollowed him or you just blocked him? No, I blocked ass? him. Because oh, nice. I don't want to hear him tell me how I look so much like my aunt who... He definitely wants to bang your there's aunt. There's some kind of... There's something His going cousin. on there. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, <laughs> oh, the Page family. I, like I said, I lose my patience at times. And the reason that I specifically took that action was because this is a person who will post his opinions. And then if you have a dissenting opinion and you comment, all of these other people come in and say, why are you posting your opinion? Everyone has their opinions. He's allowed to post his opinion, but you're not allowed to post your opinion. And so it's just, there's no point. There's no point because there's no discussion. I think... Number one, I like to stay at least connected somewhat because I want to know what the arguments are. I want to know what people are saying. Yeah. But if it is just uh, like constant hatred or constant stupidity, that doesn't benefit me in any way. And I don't need to see it. So there's zero utility. You got to find some kind of utility in in staying connected. Yes. And if I don't then I'm more willing, certainly, to click the delete button. But I, I, it is important to me to not be in an echo chamber. And so I, I do have people that post things that I very much disagree with that I'll still read just so I know kind of what the other side is thinking. And I think that that's valuable still. I, I used to kind of have the same policy about no... No block. I don't think I've ever blo- really blocked anybody. Yeah. Um, Again, or just unfriended. don't want the messages. But I do... <laughs> But I do do the unfollow thing. Yeah. Where I won't see their posts anymore. And I've done that, certainly not as much as I've done it with Trump people, but I've even done it with liberals. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a broken record. Constantly. The same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear a different song. You For know? sure. Yeah. And I get that. I think that's important too. But mostly it comes down to I I want to have some level of exposure. And, and this used to be the case with a, a podcast that we really mutually enjoyed because of one host in particular but we stopped listening to it you before me uh, but I have stopped listening to it now as well I'm purposefully not saying the name in case everybody's wondering because I don't want to promote it anymore Um, but I used to enjoy listening to that even though I disagreed most of the time and then it just became too much for me where there wasn't enough of a discussion pushing back on some of the points during the podcast and if it starts to be too echo chambery and there's no discussion, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, thanks, Chris, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Now, the next series of calls, we have three more calls, and they all kind of have to do with... Go ahead. Can I just tell you yeah. where my mind went? Yeah. I'm, like, scared that people that we like that have podcasts think we're talking about them, and... I'll give you a hint if you want to go. This person, this one of the hosts of this program... I think I got the show that you're thinking of was asshole of today one one day in what episode a long time ago. Yeah. And I also had a Twitter battle with this goon one time. Sure. (laughs) Those are those are hints that should be good enough to indicate to people that we know or are connected to that it's not about them. And this person told me he wishes that I fail at everything I try. Mm -hmm. Good times. 
All right, these next three calls, that's, those are clues enough. For sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the next three calls deal with uh, what took place on January 6th and people's reactions. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Casey from Kentucky again. I, I called last night. Uh, was conflicted about everything going on in the Capitol and things like this. I hadn't really seen all the video. I, I didn't want to um, because I knew what it would incite uh, within me as far as anger-wise goes. And I just I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it. But... Um, my wife wanted to see some of what was going on. She she kind of lives in her own bubble and stays out of the media and keeps her sane. And uh, she asked if I would turn on CNN, and I said, sure. And uh, we usually just kind of look up whatever CNN posts to YouTube most of the time. Uh, but, we you know, we pull up and they're talking about the GOP and them blocking uh, the Democrats from invoking 25th Amendment, impeachment processes, and things like that. And she had questions, and we explained it. The next video in the queue is MSNBC, and they're showing the footage of, you know, all the violence and all these things. And my seven-year-old child walked in the room, and he sees what's going on, and he turns and asks me what's happening. And I explained to him, you know, these are, these are, Donald Trump cult followers. These are the people who worship him like a god. And that, you know, this is what they do when they don't get their way, and this isn't how we act. You know, this isn't how we act when we don't get our way. And uh, they, he, he was very confused. We have family members who are Trump supporters, very avid Trump supporters. And he looks at me and he says, is that the way, you know, I won't say his uncle's name, but this is the way my uncle is. This is the way he's going to be because we don't support Donald Trump. Is he going to harm us? Is he going to try to come in and, and break into our home? And it, it really fucking made me sick. You know, last night I, I called and talked about the, the minister that lived here getting death threats and thought it was ridiculous. And now I don't really know how fucking ridiculous it is. I'm so goddamn angry watching that footage. I, I really regret watching that footage right now. Uh, I'm at the point now, I see a Trump flag on site, I'm burning it. I see a MAGA hat, I'm knocking it off their stupid fucking head. I am so angry, to to the point of fighting over what's going on right now. Just disregard my phone call last night, because this is just, it's not so fucking far-fetched that these people are, are getting death threats and, and threats of physical violence. Um I know Brittany probably doesn't support that thought, and uh, Jesse probably didn't either, but I'd love to hear what you guys think about. Well, let me say this. I think oh, got Google cut off? Got cut off. L- let me say this, Casey. Um, one, take care of yourself, brother. Y- you don't need to be smacking hats off people or burning flags. But I would hold on to that frustration. Hold on to that anger that you're feeling and remember it. I don't mean hold on to it like like a poison pill, but remember how you're feeling right now after having watched the video. And this goes for everybody because new footage is being released after people are doing deeper dives into some of the live streams. And I am continuing to be outraged. Some of the violence that took place, watching cops who are screaming 
wailing in pain because they're being crushed by a crowd, smashed in the face, obviously murdered by being pummeled with a fire extinguisher and beaten with American flag. Hold on to that, but don't put yourself and your family ultimately in danger because you're so angry. There has to be a healthy outlet for that. And hopefully, that's what this program can do for you by way of the voicemails. Yeah, absolutely. By calling in and and going through that process, you can vent that a little bit so that you aren't uh, physically lashing out at anybody in public. Yeah, I mean, you don't want that. That's only going to be trouble for you, you know, smashing some MAGA hat off a moron at the grocery store. Yeah. But thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. Uh, We'll get to the other calls on the other side of the break. I Doubt It is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you. So these are our new Patreon supporters. I am just going to spell this out. I think maybe I could guess, but just going to spell it out. D-G-L-S-G-R-T-H-S. What Brittany said. Treacherous <laughs> Wendy. Treacherous Wendy. Katcha. Katcha. Najee D. Najee D. Joshua S. Joshua S. Elizabeth T. Elizabeth T. Robin S. Robin S. Erica P. Erica P. Eric J. Eric J. Sarah L. Sarah L. William H. W. William H. Macy. <laughs> um, Wait, was it? H. W. H. H. W. Oh, H. W. Yes. M. Fearon. M. Fearon. Or M. Farron. M. Farron. Michael B. Michael B. And thank you very much to Dash P for more than doubling the pledge. Why is the all the names end up being like thematically similar? Like these were all like initials and different letters. And sometimes they're all like P names or I don't know. But mm-hmm. thank you anyway. Yes. This mystery continues. Thank you all for your support. We appreciate it very much. It really does go a long way towards supporting us and the program, helping produce the show. Um, Being an independent podcast, I mean, the vast majority are independent. Uh, It's just we're in a very tiny minority that actually get to do it for a living. So yeah. we, we thank you guys so much for all of the support. And don't forget, if you become a Patreon supporter by the end of January, you will get stickers of the new logo, as well as the sticker that Sarah in Connecticut created for us with Popeye. And we are sending that out. Uh, a gift from Sarah it ended up being a gift to all of the Patreon supporters. So if you become a Patreon supporter by the end of January, you will get all of that. Be sure that you are updating your address because we are going to be starting the process of mailing those stickers out soon. Yes. All right. Moving on. A couple more voicemails about the insurrection. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Chelsea from Canada. Oh, my gosh. What a shit show. Um, when everything was going down at the Capitol, I honestly kind of felt numb and was like, oh, whatever, par for the course. 
but seeing the actual violence and Officer Sidnick being murdered by all of them, it's just so real. Um, pretty much just wanted to let you guys know that I'm thinking of you, I'm all Americans, and I'm scared of these lunatics that they may not have been armed and there may not have been guns drawn um, at the Capitol, but I'm scared to see what's going to happen the next nine days, you know, when they do come armed, because we all know that they're crazy gun nuts with like a bunch of ammunition ready for, you know, civil unrest, fucking psychopaths. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Just, uh, just wanted to let you guys know I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of all of you. I'm thinking of all Americans. And, um, I love you guys. And we're here for you. Your neighbors to the north. Always. All right. Love you guys. Chelsea, one of our absolutely beautiful neighbors to the north. Mm-hmm. Canada, man. Mm-hmm. Some good times in Canada. I have never been to Canada. I desperately want to go. Yeah, I've never been, like, Montreal, that's where I want to go. I've spent some time in, in British Columbia, but, uh, you know. <laughs> what's what, what's wrong? I don't know, British it's, just like, it's just like Seattle, it's like a, like a cleaner Seattle, mm. Vancouver. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I want to talk about the, you, you talked about it earlier, Jesse, the cop who was getting crushed in the doorway at the, the Capitol, mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. police officer. He was interviewed summarizing what was happening to him in that moment, talking about how they ripped his mask off, they stole his equipment. I believe he said they were beating him with his own baton at one point. And when he was interviewed, he said, quote, if it wasn't my job, I would have done that for free. It was absolutely my pleasure to crush a white nationalist insurrection. I'm glad I was in a position to be able to help. We'll do it as many times as it takes. His name is Daniel Hodges. Mm -hmm. A nice sentiment. Um, I have been surprised to see people (laughs) that normally are banging on about the Blue Lives Mattering so much um, not coming forward to talk about these cops. I believe another cop had a heart attack, right? A mild heart attack because of what he endured. Yeah, neck tattoo guy. That young, vital dude uh, had a mild heart attack. Yeah, he also said something about (laughs) during his interview that people were... um, apologizing or something for the treatment he was getting and he's like yeah i appreciate that but fuck you anyway for being here yeah you're here shut up right listen it it goes along with the same thought of these it's it's like the the good people on both sides plenty of good there was a fine very fine people on both sides Hmm. if you're at a march if you're at a, a thing that turns into an insurrection uh and you're marching alongside of a guy with a Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt on. Ugh. What kind of self-reflection isn't taking place that, huh, how is it that my motivations and my political ideals align with Camp Auschwitz guy here? Mm-hmm. And that's something that never gets reflected on. Yeah. That, yeah, you, Josiah... He says, oh, what's up my thing? I just got caught up in the moment and uh, I just, I didn't want to hurt anybody and I don't hate anybody, but he's in a crowd with all kinds of dudes with white nationalist symbolism all over their clothing yeah. who are throwing up the white power sign. Right. It's, it's it's not uh, it's not believable. It's not believable for many reasons. With Josiah specifically, the fact that he was photographed days in advance in a bed holding a gun, where he commented, "Ready for battle." 
we we know given parlor shutting down and everything that was on parlor being leaked and everything coming out with the videos and how this was all coordinated that they were not going there to just peacefully protest that's right that was not the plan you had the guy with the uh flexi cuffs right the zip tie yeah, handcuffs yeah. uh these people were there to do damage and i i know that aoc she did a, a live where she talked about her experience and she couldn't give specifics, but she talked about at one moment thinking that she was going to die and that she can't give specifics, but that she was genuinely fearful that that it was going to be the end for her. And I, I'm hoping that we'll continue to learn more. And by the way, sorry. And by the way, that she couldn't shelter in place in a safe place because she would be with Republicans and she feared that they would let that the rioters know, the insurrectionists know where she was. Mm -hmm. Valid concern, not overblown. She's not being dramatic. She's being real. Especially with the way that the right has held her up as like the most prominent boogeyman. Yeah. it. I can't imagine how terrifying that moment would be, knowing that these people hate you specifically. You're at the top of the list. Yeah. You and Pelosi and, and the other squad members. Yeah. I. It just, I mean, we are at a, I heard someone, I don't know where it was, They and it, it sounded cheesy in the moment, and then I reflected on it, and then they're right, that this isn't the, that this this moment in American history might just be the end of the beginning of something, that we're just, the, the, the end of Donald Trump's reign is the beginning of a movement that we're going to have to be fighting for a generation or more, and we need to take back our country to, to ensure that it is a place for a wide array of individuals with different beliefs, with different uh, racial and, 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 and ethnic backgrounds. And, and it just, this isn't a country for white people. And that the white people, we've just, we've allowed everybody to be here. That's not what we are. Mm -hmm. It may be how we started, but it is not who we will be. And I'll be damned. If I'm going to stand by, I mean, like proclaiming myself as some almighty power, but if enough good people stand up and do the right thing, it'll be an easy fight. Can I also tell you how frustrating it has been today? It's it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I've seen Trump supporters. Oh, I know Ivanka yeah. Trump tweeted, too. Yeah, I, yeah. Posting MLK quotes. And I'm just sitting here reading this shit and thinking, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, where do you think that you would have been in the 60s? I'm not asking you. I'm asking these Trump supporters, yeah. people who voted for Donald Trump. Like, in what world do you think that you would have been marching alongside MLK in an effort to eradicate racism and poverty? Or even being at home in support of what he was doing. Yeah, because where you would have been then is where you are now. And if you are standing in the way of equality and justice right now, then that's what you would have been doing. The whitewashed version that you want to have of MLK it's not going to fly. Go take your performative posting elsewhere and read his letter from the Birmingham jail yeah. to a white moderate. Go read that. Uh, it, it's very telling watching which quotes people choose on MLK Day. <laughs> for, for sure. Yeah. And not enough. Not enough posting about his his uh, speech, his letter about the white moderate. Yeah. And his his core beliefs weren't conservatism. I mean, get, no. ugh, get 
<sighs> All right. Last phone call. Hey, how you guys doing? This is uh, Paris calling from Alaska. Uh, man, I mean, there's so much. I say I just need to vent a little bit. Because uh, being an African-American and seeing all this craziness going on with zero accountability, zero repercussions for most of the folks who participated in the events last week is just beyond frustrating. I mean, I can really get into a lot more, but I only got three minutes. I just want to keep it short. And I see that they are working on the articles of impeachment right now for Mr. Trump. But if it's really interesting how quickly they can move when it's politically beneficial for them. And or for when, by them, I mean Congress. I mean, it's, when it comes to relief for uh, folks affected by COVID-19, where are they at? Or where was the sense of urgency then? Yes, I understand that getting Donald Trump impeached and out of office and all that is extremely important, but look how quickly they can move on our COVID impeachment. But look how quickly they move when it comes to actually giving needed relief to people in dire straits there. But, yeah, that was a big point that I just wanted to make. I appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, when my boys put me on with you guys and been listening for, I want to say, close to a year now. So y'all keep doing what you're doing. Both y'all the best part. And look forward to your next show. Paris from Alaska. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. Uh, listen, I, I have a lot of those same concerns. Uh, I do believe there will be consequences for many, maybe hundreds of individuals who participated in the uh, the casualty event at the United States Capitol. I also share your concerns about Congress. That Democrats go on vacation while people are being evicted from their homes, while people are going hungry, while food banks are running out of food nationwide. But they can turn around and impeach Donald Trump in a matter of hours. I call bullshit on that. And if you're sitting back making excuses for Nancy Pelosi, you need to reflect on what your priorities are. We have it within us to criticize members of the Democratic Party. And it is our obligation to do so our obligation to our fellow Americans who aren't being taken care of by this Congress. Well, and I don't know if you remember, but in July, Kamala Harris went on NBC and reiterated her support for a recurring 2000 a month second stimulus check recurring right for people of a certain income level and this was she promoted together with Bernie Sanders and Ed Markey and she tweeted the other day she was kind of getting dunked on for this this tweet she, justifiably so she was quoting joe biden quote we will finish the job of getting a total of two thousand dollars in cash relief to people who need it most meaning 1400 plus the 600 you may or may not have gotten yeah equals two thousand the 600 already appropriated is simply not enough end quote your next president at joe biden so july is not that long ago 
you think? July was not that long ago to right. be talking about recurring $2,000 monthly payments and the importance of that. In fact, it seems like you would only be reinforced in how important recurring $2,000 checks would be for people of a certain income. Given that we're now in January, the eviction moratorium is yet again about to expire at the end of this month. You have people that are going to be on the hook for all of that rent that they have been unable to pay. And so what I'm saying is in July, you have that position. In January, you would have that position even stronger. You would And think. and this in July, you had a divided government. You had a Republican in the White House, a Republican controlling the Senate, and Democrats in the House. Now, Democrats run everything. And now you're like, oh, we can't have, we've got to get that other $1,400, so it's 2000 total, when Democrats are in control. This is why we criticize. This is why we give direction to Republican leaders, to Democratic leaders, excuse me, to get the goddamn job done. Mm-hmm. Well, and for people that are, we've had this question, people will say, Jesse and Brittany, what are you going to do now that Donald Trump is leaving the White House? This, this, <laughs> this right here. But also remember, Donald Trump was not president when we started doing the show. That's right, too. It was President Obama. And we did a show for how many, when did we start? It was March 11th, 2014. So two years of President Obama and then Donald Trump was in the White House. Mm -hmm. So almost three years. This isn't just a Trump criticism show. There's plenty to talk about. Now, the the white power movement, the white nationalists, that's going to continue to be a definite problem. We're going to continue to talk about that. But we also have a new president taking over soon. And it's going to be important to ensure that the Democrats are held accountable and using their power in a way that helps the people. Well, listen. And doesn't just give them crumbs. We are certainly going to be calling out moments like this where they act like they're doing you this big, giant favor. Oh, we're going to take care of you when they're not. They're abdicating their role. They're not leading. Millions of Americans are hungry. We're the richest country this earth has ever known and we have citizens who can't even feed themselves and they're talking about oh after nine months we'll we're going to just do you this giant favor and rattle up fourteen hundred dollars from our democratic house and our democratic senate and our democratic president no not good enough If it wasn't good enough in July when Donald Trump was who you were tweeting against, it's not good enough now when Joe Biden is going to be president. And with that, I will shut up. Apparently, Joe Biden wants to um, extend the eviction and foreclosure moratorium until September 30th. So if that can get done as soon as possible, that would be great. Hopefully in the same time period that it took him to impeach Donald Trump for the second time. Yeah, because again, at the end of this month, you have tens of millions of Americans that are facing homelessness. And I don't know why this isn't something that I'm not hearing about constantly, because what is going to happen when tens of millions of Americans are pushed into the streets Yeah, and then still owe thousands of dollars in back rent that they have to pay? Yeah. At some point. It's immoral. I, this is just madness that this is happening and that we keep... They extended it this last time for a month. Another month. What do they think is going to change Ugh. in a month? Yeah. 
Ridiculous. Anyway, that is all. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Email us a voice memo from your smartphone or just a regular old-fashioned email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. So before we go, we want to talk about what's likely to happen in the final hours of Donald Trump's presidency. He's apparently planning like a hundred pardons. <laughs> yeah, that's tomorrow. That's Tuesday. Yeah, he's talking with his team about it. There, It's potential. But I, I want to note this reporting from the New York Times, which is is pretty alarming. Something that's not particularly surprising when it comes to the Trumps, but still alarming. According to the New York Times, quote, as President Trump prepares to leave office in days, a lucrative market for pardons is coming to a head with some of his allies collecting fees from wealthy felons or their associates to push the White House for clemency. Are you, I mean, not surprising, but shocking nonetheless. Mm -hmm. They are profiting off of the prospect of a pardon from a president? Yeah. There, there is no low, low enough for this, this group of uh, charlatans. Reporting continued, quote, one of the lobbyists closest to Trump in his administration, Matt Schlapp. Of course, <laughs> Matt Schlapp. Who was tapped by Trump last month to sit on the trust fund board for the Library of Congress, has been lobbying for a pardon for a major Republican donor convicted of securities fraud in November. After stepping down as the president's lawyer, Dowd marketed himself as a potential conduit for pardons because of his access to Trump and aides like Kushner, saying the president was likely to look favorably on petitioners investigated by federal prosecutors in Manhattan. Right. Because... They're investigating him, or were, Mm -hmm. under Jeffrey Berman. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. To be expected. All right. Any other depressing news (laughs) for us before we end, Brittany Page? Well, I... I think that it is positive that we are soon going to be through the Trump presidency. Think about what a wild ride it has been. What is this, a yearbook? (laughs) Are you signing my yearbook? Hags. (laughs) Um, no, but I think it's, a uh, we've, we've covered Trump for so long and now he's not going to be president yeah. and it's, it is a wild thing to think of. I, I remember election I just night. got what Hags is, by the way. Have a great summer. Have a great summer. <laughs> um, when we were doing the election night live stream, it, it was scary. I, I was fearful that we wouldn't be in this position and here we are. He's going to be leaving. Yeah. And I'm I'm relieved by that. There's certainly more to be concerned about going forward. We see that with the insurrectionists. This is bigger than Trump at this point. Yeah, for sure. And it's certainly going to be a problem going forward. But I at least feel optimistic that he's he's not going to be in there anymore. Is he going to pardon himself? I mean, really? Is he going to pardon his kids? Are they going to be part of that tomorrow? Or is he going to wait till Wednesday to do that? So- because he has until uh, th- noon... Noon on 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 the on the twentieth. Noon on Wednesday at eleven fifty nine. He's still president of the United States. Yeah, I'm I'm reading reporting that it's very unlikely that he's going to do the self pardon and pardons for his children. But who the hell knows? Yeah, wild card bitches. <laughs> <laughs> One more always sunny reference mm-hmm. for all the always sunny fans. Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. We will see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt.